Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the franchisepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Cassidy Carell, the co-founder of C-Squared Social. And C-Squared Social is the expert in targeted digital advertising. We're going to talk to Cassidy about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around, because we have a great show. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems, which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Cassidy Krell, the co-founder of C-Squared Social. And C-Squared Social is the expert in targeted digital advertising. 
Hi, Cassidy. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Marty. Oh, this is my pleasure, Cassidy. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from today, Cassidy? Uh, I'm calling from Carlsbad, California, just a beach town that's uh, a little bit north of San Diego. So this time of year, I get to uh, brag to everybody that's in those cold climates. <laughs> you do, don't you? Because it's, it's cold here in eastern Pennsylvania, Cassidy. So I, 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 oh, I would bet. do the same thing if I were you. <laughs> that's great. You know, maybe we could uh, talk a little bit about, you know, we can kind of go back to the beginning, Cassidy, because I think you have a great story. You know, maybe you could talk a little bit about the history of C-squared social and how the whole thing uh, got started with your brother. Yeah, we actually, it, it, it got started because uh, my younger brother and I started this company. Uh, we had an older brother and sister that were both in franchising. They owned some frozen yogurt yeah. shops as well as Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory locations. And um, we were trying to help them come up with new ways to acquire customers kind of outside uh-huh. of the direct mailer and, and group on right. uh, way of doing things. And so um, we had got into Facebook, uh, you know, as, as a way to really promote their stores. And it was the wild west eight years ago, as you can imagine, it, it really was just right. really being monetized. Um, and so we had kind of found ways to try to manipulate the system, I guess you could say, and, and make things go viral to help their stores, you know, acquire customers and, after doing a, a few campaigns for their stores, we realized just how powerful uh, social media was. And, right. and that was really the, the kickoff to uh, C-Squared Social. That's great. I, I remember you telling the story. I remember listening to a podcast once where you were telling that story, Cassidy. You know, And I remember there was a big line that day, too, wasn't it? Like the first day that the campaign launched. I mean, I think it was like 300 customers like waiting outside or something like that, wasn't there? Right, right. So we had, um, so this is what we did for a frozen yogurt shop. We said, okay, let's do $3. You know, you can fill up your cup with yogurt and toppings. Um, and we're going to do that promotion. So we came up with our way of sort of, like I said, manipulating Facebook, right. I guess, in a way to make sure that it goes viral. And I was living in Boise at the time where the store was located. And so I uh, got to see it firsthand. When I, I pulled up to the store in, at about 11 in the morning when the store opened, um, I kid you not, there was probably a line uh, halfway around the block. It had to be people in line. And That's they great. did 15,000 net on $3 <sighs> cups. Um, That's so you can imagine how crazy that was. And, and at, at that point, we realized that we were, we were onto something. So, yeah, naturally, we had a bunch of, of other retailers that had approached us and said, hey, you know right. what, you've got you've to do the same type of thing for me. Um, and, which was a, a great success. And, and then about four years ago was really when we got into franchise development. We had some franchisors mm-hmm. that said, hey, look, I love what you're doing with the franchisees, um, but I need some franchise buyers and I've got some holes to fill in, in our system. And uh, is there a way that you can put together a program for us? So that's what led us into franchise development. And uh, I mean, as you can imagine, digital, you know, it works, whether it's retail, franchise right. development, recruiting, right. you know, it can kind of, uh, work for just about any vertical. What's interesting about your background too, Cassidy, is that, I mean, you were once a franchisee, weren't you? I mean, to Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. I think your dad started that company, didn't he? Exactly. So yeah, that's kind of the entrepreneurial spirit or at least franchising side for us came about was, um, our father started uh, Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory in in Durango, Colorado back in the early 1980s. And um, they've got a little over 300 units, I believe, at, at this point in time, and, and they're a publicly right. traded company. But, uh, yeah, I owned, a, I owned a location that was just a little bit north of, of Burbank, and so I got to see firsthand what it's like operating a store and, and right. owning it. And I've got 
my younger brother that we started it with, uh, he would come and, and help me operate the store location. And so we, we really got to kind of see firsthand the challenges of being a retailer mm-hmm. and trying to figure out ways to get new customers in the store. It's, it's, it's tough and it's expensive. And, um, you know, there's, there, a lot of the, the ways of, of acquiring customers was pretty expensive, you know, between right, Groupon right. taking half of, of, mm-hmm. of your revenues uh, and you have to discount in half to, you know, direct mailers, pricey, and, and there's other things out there. But, um, you know, it, it really is challenging for a retailer. And right. so that's where this came about. It wasn't like either Caleb or I had a, had a marketing background per se. It just came out of necessity that we were trying to find ways to get customers in the door uh, at these retail stores. That's terrific. What is your What does your dad think today, uh, uh, Cassidy? Now that you know you have your own business, you know you got out of franchising. I mean, what, what is he? I'm sure he's very proud of you and your brother. Well, I think for him, yeah, he loves it. I I think for him, he um, it's reminiscent of probably the early days of Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. I think right. for yeah. him, that was the the most enjoyable time of starting the business was you know the small victories and and you know just getting off the ground and yeah. and. Uh, that, that area is, is always the most fun, I think, in entrepreneurship. And, um, and so I think for him, it's fun to, you know, he now lives in San Diego, which is where mm-hmm. uh, Caleb and I are based out of. And we have an office here and also one in Boise. But he'll come into the office and, um, you know, we kind of have him as sort of an unofficial advisor. And um, so he, he just enjoys being around, you know, sort of a startup uh, vibe. Right. And, and so he loves it. He absolutely loves it. That's terrific. And Probably you're coming up on, I think, chocolate. <laughs> that's but, true. Uh, it's not. Right. <laughs> that's that's, that's funny. So fun. <laughs> that's great. Well, you're coming up on. I think it's is it, you're you're coming up on ten years now, Cassidy, too, which is is a milestone for any business, isn't it? Well, we're a little over eight. So okay, um, that's great. Yeah, so you're almost there. Almost at that ten year mark. Ten year mark. Exactly. That's so great. we've been. Uh, yeah, we just like I guess any other business. I mean, when we started this, um, you know, uh, eight years ago. I was only 24 or 23, and Caleb was wow. uh, 19 years old, so we were wow. pretty young. Um, so just like any business starting off, you know, we probably had our a couple of years kind of lollygagging and, and um, you know, just kind of moving slowly. But the last four years especially, um, we've had 100% plus growth years, and we've, we've made, you know, Inc. 5,000. We expect to make at least Inc. 5,000 mm-hmm. this year again. Um, That's great. So we've, we've – yeah, so we've really been fortunate to have a lot of growth, and we've grown it on cash flow. So it's been a different trajectory than a lot of people that you know have venture capital money. Um, but we've we've been really proud of been able to do it off of cash flow and starting small and taking our time growing, kind of smart. I know you work with many industries too, Cassidy. I mean, if you're at like a, if you were at a trade show, you know, and someone came up to your booth, how do you typically describe C squared Social to let's say a prospective client? You know, I usually tell them that this is a new way to advertise mm-hmm. because right. um, not only, social really isn't brand new, right? I mean, I guess we've all right. kind of been used to having it in our lives for about eight years, but there's right. so many different types of digital advertising out there. There's, you know, kind of brand awareness, there's content, there's SEO, and, and I'm not trying to undermine those type of objectives, but really our company is just hyper-focused on a sales objective typically mm-hmm. when we work with companies. So in franchise development, what we do is say, you know, we specialize in really targeting a very specific type of individual that has the financial wherewithal and that's looking into franchising, has a background that matches your franchise. 
and we want to hit them with campaigns that ultimately lead generate. So it's a little less of, you know, brand awareness or content or SEO. Right. Uh, and this is really just a hyper-focused type of way to get you to your ultimate objective of sales. So for a lot of people that's new, you know, when we, we work right. with folks that have done things in franchise development, even if they've done social or digital, they're used to, you know, kind of going about it as, as a holistic type of approach. And um, this is just really hyper-focused on, on getting your objective of, of uh, selling franchise locations. So that's why we always call it something that's, that's new. I think that's great. What I like too, Cassidy, is, you know, the way you describe it or, you know, in my research of C-squared social is I like how you, you frequently use the word simple because that's how you describe it to people. You know, I mean, a lot of times many businesses, and you know this because you probably see it, sometimes they're intimidated a little bit by social media, aren't they? You know, they're actually afraid of it. And some of those other businesses out there, I think they like to use too many acronyms and things like that. And it probably intimidates people, but, but you don't do that, do you? I mean, you really, you simplify this concept on what it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And, and we've, I mean, we've tried to position ourselves as a simple solution because you're right. right. I mean, there's so many acronyms out there. And I mean, I've been doing this for eight years, and I'll still talk to someone that's in marketing, and they'll say stuff that I'm I'm thinking, I, I don't even know what you're saying, or why would you even phrase it that way? <laughs> right. But, right. Um, you know, we, we keep a close eye on competition out there to do different things. And I was on a call the other day um, where at the end, when we got to pricing, they said, well, first I'm going to send you over an email with an NDA. And then we're going to, we can go over pricing. And I just thought, you know, why does it, it shouldn't have to be this complicated. Right. Um, right. So what we've, what we've really done is to say, look, let's, let's again, go, go back to what you're ultimately trying to accomplish. You're trying to either sell more at your retail location or you're trying to acquire more franchisees. Right. Uh, and so let's keep it super focused on that. And, and let's, let's set up our pricing super, you know, simplistically. We don't require any like year commitment. We do things on a very short term. Um, we set mm-hmm. up our pricing to where there's no upfront fees. Um, we just try right. to set up everything that we do to be, you know, simplistic. And when you're talking to somebody right. that's in sales, so a lot of, our, you know, the folks that we work with at franchise companies, they're the vice president of franchise development. Mm-hmm. They're a salesperson, right? They're used to selling franchises, and that's what they do. Right. So if you start hitting them with marketing lingo, they don't really care or they get confused or, or it just doesn't really matter. And, and so it just makes more sense to keep things as simple as possible, which has always been our belief over here. And I understand too, you know, Cassie, that in franchising, you know, and, and you probably know this better than I do that, you know, I mean, because a lot of them I think are sometimes like old school, you know, as far as the way of generating leads and things like that. I mean, I understand that a lot of them have to go through a lot of leads because they're doing it the traditional way, you know, whether it's through magazines or radio or television or something like that. So they, they have to go through all and filter through all of those leads before they can actually find that one match for their system. And, and I imagine that a lot of people in franchise development don't like that too much, do they? No, they don't. No, absolutely not. They're, they're always busy people. And so more leads doesn't necessarily uh, right. resonate with them. They want, you know, lower volumes and higher quality of exactly. candidates and, and there's no doubt about it in franchise sales you know it, it takes you know it's a little bit of a numbers game you have to work mm-hmm. through folks that are not quite ready to buy or they're they haven't decided to quit their job yet but right. what our focus is is to say let's not you know let's not have it to be you know some type of approach where somebody submits something on a website and then it goes to 30 different franchisors they didn't necessarily mm-hmm. engage with your brand they don't right. really know about you 
this is nice because they specifically engaged in your brand. You, you know, had them, you gave them all the information up front. And when they submit, they knowingly are inquiring into a franchise opportunity with you. And, you know, before those ads display is where all the fun part uh, takes place as far as how in depth we can get with targeting. I think Mm -hmm. maybe up until the last year or two, people didn't understand how much information was out there uh, right. on Facebook and other platforms. Right. Um, I think they're starting to realize that now. But we can get as granular as, as how much somebody's worth and, and what their home values are and what they're purchasing. And it almost works as, you know, you can, you know, sometimes you almost talk about something and you start seeing ads that, that uh, you know, start popping up that are related to that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of right. information. Right. That's just how the digital world works nowadays. And so right. if you can use that information in a smart way to place a franchise opportunity to somebody that's looking into it, you can cut through a lot of the volume and focus just on the high quality. You and your brother have created um, an amazing culture at C Squared Social. I've gotten to see through video, you know, what it looks like. And it looks like a fun place to work. Maybe you could talk a little bit of like, what, what's a typical day like for you working there? <laughs> well, uh, you know, between ping pong tournaments and foosball tournaments and kombucha kegs. If there's any leftover time in the day, we get a little bit of work in, but uh, (laughs) no, it's it's a great culture and we do work hard, but we, we try to set it up in a really fun environment. It's right. You know, in advertising, you, you you need to have some sex appeal and people want to know that you're creative. And so we try to foster that over here is creativity. And we sort of have that open work environment um, and a lot of fun things that go along with it. So it really is a great place to work. It helps us recruit great talent, keep great talent yeah. here, uh, which is important, especially in Southern California. Um, sure. You know, it's hyper competitive. We're, you know, oh, Carlsbad yeah. is uh, sort of a beach community, but at the same time, there's a lot of uh, industry around us. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot right. of uh, competition for tech personal, uh, personnel. And so, you know, having a great work environment is it really helps people stay creative and, and motivated. And ultimately, that's what we want over here. I think that's great. What's been one of the most interesting things that's happened to you since launching C Squared Social, Cassidy? I mean, take into consideration, you know, you've been doing this eight years, so you probably have 100 stories. But does anything stand out during those eight years? The fun parts to me are always reminiscing when we first got started because mm, um, yeah. you know, we, we started off, you know, Caleb and I, we, we sold our cars and then we leased a Jetta together and we used that money wow. to really get started hiring our first employee and getting an office that looked like a Dunder Mifflin. It was, you know, did the AC <laughs> work. And um, so it's funny to reminisce on stories about, yeah. you know, how little we had and, and starting off, but there's been a lot of great, interesting stuff as we've gone. I, I think one of them is, you know, we, how many different people will come to us and say, Hey, look, I, I know what you do. Could you help me with, right. uh, with this project? And so we've, we've actually had a couple of political campaigns for, wow. you know, some, some, uh, some folks running for mayor and state senators. And, and that's not like our forte per se in, in, uh, right in the political world, but uh, we've had some folks that have approached us and we've done campaigns, which is kind of fun to see the inner workings of that. But I think it's just um, the most interesting part is you never know where it's going to lead you. You know, we've had right. from frozen yogurt, we've done a lot of work in recruiting and that kind of came about with somebody that owned frozen yogurt shops, but also owned a huge trucking company and needed to recruit mm-hmm. drivers. And again, we, you know, somebody that is running a political campaign or, 
you know, that type of thing. And so any day you're not exactly sure what type of project that you may have an opportunity to work on, which is a lot of fun. Were some of those surprises to you, Cassidy? Like, again, I know like you're in big into like uh, job recruiting for like the trucking industry. I mean, was that something that you and your brother envisioned early on or was that something that just kind of happened? You said, wow, that's, that's interesting. That works. Um, was that a surprise to you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think, you know, everything is, you, you just kind of have to move with where the market's taking you. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's one thing that we've learned as we've uh, done this business is you can never kind of pre-plan a strategy that's just going to come to fruition. If you sit around and plan something long enough, you know, th- the market's going to be, ch- you know, it's going to change a lot. So you kind of have to just right. jump in and see where the market dictates things. And so, for example, recruiting, we got into that, like I mentioned, there was a, a gentleman that owned um, a bunch of frozen yogurt shops, but really his, his core business was uh, Holland Trucking. And so okay. he came to us and said, look, I, I'm dying to get some CDLA drivers uh, because, you know, there's just such a shortage of that out there. Can you help me with this? And so we put together a program for him and it was successful. And through word of mouth, we now work with a, a bunch of different carrier companies out there. And this is an incredible way for them to recruit CDLA drivers. And again, That's talking about the political thing, it's just been somebody that was, you know, maybe in franchise development that said, Hey, I've got this other project on the side and I could use right. your help with it. Um, and I think, I think everyone realizes now, um, you know, if you look at how much phone usage time that you have, it's very right. depressing, by the way. When that pop-up mm-hmm. happens on your phone, do not look at it. But the average person spends four and a half hours or so a day on their cell phone, and that doesn't even right. include their laptop time. And so, um, you know, I, I think everyone, no matter what industry you're in, realizes to get in front of, of candidates the most effective way you got to be digital and especially right. on social media as well. So uh, whether it's mortgage, which we're having some mortgage companies now come to us or mm. recruiting mechanics or, you know, a lot of these industries right. that are a little bit outdated um, kind of approaching us for a new way to get customers or, or recruit. Maybe you could talk about some of the franchise organizations um, you've worked with over the last several years, Cassidy. I mean, we've had some of them on the show, you know, but maybe you could talk a little bit about them. Uh, sure. Yeah, we've um, I, I we work with you know unlike some agencies we work with just about anyone right we work with ones right. that are just getting off the ground they've just got right. their FDD and yeah. um, and they're kicking off to ones that are large like Little Caesars to Sport mm-hmm. Flips um, right so, and, and just about everything in between so um, really there's you know, our organization is set up in a way to, to help just about anybody. I just got off the phone uh, this morning with the company that they just got their FDD done and they're just wanting to kick wow. off stuff. And, uh, and so they're looking for their first franchisee. And then later in the afternoon, you might have a call with somebody that's got, you know, 900 units and they're just trying to plug in, you know, 10 or 12 markets where they don't have a franchisee or maybe they're looking to resell uh, some stores where a franchise is either trying to get out or they're trying to unload a company store. Um, and so we really see a mixed bag. And like I said, anywhere from right. the top brands that you can think of in the industry to ones that are just getting kicked off. And it's a lot of fun because you can really, you can see, you know, the trends of, of companies that are, you know, primed to take off to, you know, it's it, so you can really see the inner workings of the franchise industry and sort of what the trends are. And, and uh, so it's great working with, 
with people across the board. It's got to be rewarding for you too, Cassidy. I mean, if you think about the impact that this company that you and your brother created um, has on people's lives. I mean, you know, C-squared social is responsible for people getting jobs and they're responsible for uh, people becoming franchisees. And I mean, when you look at that big picture, I mean, you're, you're part of that business, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of exciting. I, you know, it's kind of funny when you think about at the end of the day, how many franchises are out there where somebody took the leap of faith from maybe a job they hated or they've just always wanted to be in business for themselves. Right. And that they, it all, you know, started from, they saw an ad on Instagram or mm-hmm. Facebook or right. gone on wallstreetjournal.com. And they've, you know, from there it led to them opening a store and changing their lives. Hopefully, hopefully for the better, <laughs> but that's uh, great. Yeah. There, yeah. There's this, you know, it's amazing. And you know, it's kind of funny the other day we use our own service internally, you know, so we advertise, mm-hmm for ourselves this exact same way. And we even recruit for ourselves the same way. And I was talking to one of our uh, team members who was saying that he was heading out for a date night and he was just surfing Facebook while his wife was getting ready. And he saw an ad about C squared social hiring and that he submitted his information through and ultimately ended up getting hired. Um, He's now been with the company almost two years. His wife is now with C squared social. And he was just saying, it's, it's kind of funny to see, how much it changed my life by just clicking on one ad. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that probably have a lot of life changes that took place all from, from one social media ad. That's incredible. That's, 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 that's a great story. I understand too, Cody uh, Cassidy, that uh, many franchise brands are starting to look at millennials. We did a show about millennials. I think it was about three or four weeks ago and, you know, realizing this is going to be a large market, of potential new franchise owners. Maybe you could talk a little bit about this trend. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a millennial. I don't know if I like calling myself a millennial, but I am a millennial. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, I think in franchising, like you said, it, it's a little bit of an old school industry. Um, and so I think people have their mindset on somebody that's not a millennial, but what, right. you know, people are starting to realize is millennials are now 40 years old. And right. That's right. kind of starting to fall right in the sweet spot of franchise development. So yep. the way yeah. that we see it here, about 50%, so half of all new franchises over the next couple of years are going to be millennials. And that right. number is going to do nothing but go up, uh, have an upward mm-hmm. trajectory from there. So um, while I think a lot of, of folks think of millennials as just little kids, I mean, they have to realize right. now that they're hitting their peak earning years. They're looking for opportunities to – um, to go into business for themselves. And that's where I think digital is important because millennials, they mm-hmm. really do their due diligence up front before they want to kind of jump on the phone. And so having right. a great digital presence and showing a sexy brand and, right. and really presenting yourself in a great light. Um, it's hard to sell franchises if, you know, you, you don't have updated assets or you don't really have right. the website in the position to, to appeal to them. Um, but right now, I, I think we're right in the prime years for millennials over the next five to 10 years. And I, I think franchisors are starting to realize that, you know, as, as right. somebody's, you know, 38 and 39 and 40 and they're starting to buy franchises, um, they're, they're starting to realize that they have to cater to that market or they'll become obsolete in 10 years. That's great. Maybe you can talk a little bit about this concept of, of geofencing, Cassidy. I think that's, that's very interesting, and probably a lot of people don't even know what geofencing is. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. 
So, yeah, geofencing is a technique that we use in franchise development quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where you can essentially uh, draw a perimeter around an expo and say, look, based on somebody's uh, geo-targeted location, that we can reach them with ads if they've been in there during certain periods of time. So, for you know, this is a great way to either supplement if you're going to an expo. Um, right. where you say, okay, look, I'm going to try to reach people at the same time that I'm, I'm exhibiting and try to convince them to come over to my booth to when maybe they're grabbing a bite key for lunch or they're sitting at the bar at the hotel in the evening um, to where they see my ad and go, oh, gosh, you know what? i got to go meet with this, this person tomorrow. Um, and then on top of that, remarketing to them after the fact. But it's really amazing that you can – I mean, it's the same technology as, as you've noticed probably that your phone predicts you know, where your commute is to work mm-hmm. or how long you're driving right. home, um, just using your geolocation and say, okay, they've attended, you know, IFE and I, and they've, uh, would be a great prospect as a franchisee. So let's include them in your targeting and then continue to remarket to them after the fact. So we have a lot of people that use it to supplement an expo and a lot of people right. that, that uh, use it almost to replace an expo where they say, you know, instead of going to an expo, maybe what I'll do is, is um, do this on, 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 a, on occasion and then attend other ones. So we did it once for ourselves where we gave away a bunch of swag. And so we ran mm-hmm. ads that said, hey, if you, you see the C-squared crew with white C-squared hats on, um, just grab us and we'll give you swag. And it was funny wow. to just walk around the, the showroom floor or at the hotel after the fact and people would go, oh, I saw your ad. Can I get some swag? <sighs> um, so it, it's amazing how effective it can be. And the technology, I mean, for someone like myself who's been studying marketing a long time, Cassidy, I mean, it just it, it, it blows my mind. I don't know if it still blows your mind, you know, because you're, you're in this industry and you do this. But, um, I, I mean, it's really it, it's incredible what you can do today compared to, you know, think about when your dad got involved in business. We were, we're not able to do those things. And, and does it still blow your mind today, like when you, you hear about this technology? Uh, it does. I, I mean, it does. It's it's uh, it's very surprising. And yeah. it's amazing, though, how in a short period of time, you know, like I said, there's there's franchisors that I talk to that will still maybe take an ad out in the newspaper. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not trying to say anything negatively about newspapers or whatnot. Right, but right. It, it's amazing that, you know, how quickly it happened, you know, from just about 15 years ago to where, like mm-hmm. you said, you maybe you take an ad out of a newspaper or you, you host something at a hotel in the local market and try to right. try to get people to attend to where we're at right now. It just went lightning speed. And so, and it changes every single day. It's just unbelievable. You, you have to, you know, that's partially why our company, we don't get involved in, in a bunch of different areas. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of agencies right. who try to do a little bit of everything. We focus squarely on social advertising because it just goes too fast, and you have to be right, – if you right. want to be an expert at something, you have to, to, to really focus on that, or you'll fall behind yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's powerful advice. What social media platforms do you recommend to small businesses, Cassidy? Well, I, you know, I, our company has always been a firm believer in Facebook and social media mm-hmm. and um, – so I, I really think that that is still the best place from a cost per conversion standpoint. And ultimately that's right. what we try to do with the franchisor is to say, you know, according to, you know, maybe the annual franchise development report, we want to beat what the best franchisors are doing in the industry and in, in right. benchmark it versus that. But Facebook is critical. Instagram, 
over 65 percent of people that actively use instagram the the that make over a hundred thousand dollars a year 65 percent of them spend time actively on instagram and then the audience network which is part of facebook so your ads can also display in places like you know wallstreetjournal.com or associated press or so they're they're not isolated to just social and i love linkedin i think linkedin is also a great Mm -hmm. spot it's getting better and better it's a little bit more expensive but yeah it's getting better and better for sure the storytelling is becoming popular too, isn't it, Kathy? I saw um, this one girl. She she started a franchise with her sisters um, a couple of years ago, and um, you know she told the story. I don't know if it was on Instagram storytelling or something like that, but it was just it was a really an emotional story, you know, and it, it like sucked me in. It was like about a five minute, six minute video. That's becoming very popular today too, isn't it? The storytelling. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. I, you know, um, I mean, I think that. You know, you see with Instagram stories and Facebook stories, yeah, that yeah. has become one of the biggest growth areas for Facebook. So, you know, when we go to their offices and meet with their teams and they share what's new, uh, stories, I think, is where they are extremely excited because people want that story. And you can always right. video yeah. too, which is another fun thing. Depending on mm-hmm. how much time somebody watches a video, you can keep hitting them with, you know, another ad and the next ad. And, right, um, right. But you're right. It's definitely everything's going towards video, right, and really telling right. that story right. in, in an exciting way. That's terrific. So what are C-squared Social's plans for the future, Cassidy? I mean, if you can look into a crystal ball, maybe three years, five years down the road, I mean, where do you see the organization? Uh, well, we're, you know, our company is, is focused on, on continuing to grow. Like I said, we've been fortunate to have, um, you know, four really strong growth years, and that doesn't seem to be letting up. So uh, we're excited about that. As far as some of the future tools, at least 2020, so the near future, uh, messenger bots are a huge one where people are going to start, you know, doing franchise conversations over messenger mm-hmm. and it'll be, right. you know, a bot that we can kind of walk them through qualifying questions. And we've already seen wow. that be a home run in the tail end of 2019. And so that's sort of the next horizon, I think, for franchising on, on digital. Um, but at least for our company over the next five years, you know, I'm really excited about, you know, the franchising space. And I, I, I honestly yeah. believe that, um, you know, this year is primed for a good one. I, I, I'm fortunate enough to get a chance to talk daily with a bunch of different franchisors just like you are, and it really right. feels optimistic at the moment in the industry. And so I think That's that great. there's, uh, yeah, a lot of great possibilities in franchise development and, and rolling out new tools for that, that vertical. That's terrific. How can our listeners get more information on C-Squared Social, uh, Cassidy? Are there any websites that you would like to direct them to? Uh, sure. Well, if they go to csquaredsocial.com, um, you'll find a bunch of great information on there. And feel okay. free to, you know, just submit a contact form there. There's a phone number. And, and you know, our team is really easy to, to, to speak to and get a hold of. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if they ever want to chat with me or anyone else on the team, we're, we're, we're readily available and, easy, you know, easy to talk to. So nobody has to commit to anything. But if they just want to right. learn a little bit more, they're more than willing to. Well, it's been a privilege to get the chance to finally speak with you, Cassidy. I've been very familiar with your organization for a long time now, so to get to speak with you today has been a privilege. And uh, I'd like to invite you back in the future as you continue to grow. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Marty. Thanks so much for inviting me on, and and, uh, congrats on all the things that you're doing over there. I've followed closely, and um, we'll be in touch. Thanks so much, Cassidy. It was a privilege to speak with you. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews.
Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Today's Great Quote in Franchising is being brought to you by... Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. We're each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting franchise interviews now almost years, and during that time, we've had some incredible quotes on the show. Today, you're going to get to hear from Carol Mercurio, and she talks about a subject that we talk frequently on the show, which is following the franchise system. She gives a lot of great other advice in addition to aspiring entrepreneurs, but I just thought her um, advice was fantastic. So here we go with Carol Mercurio, franchise consultant. Success means different things to different people. Right. You know, there are people that could be very happy making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and there's others that would just never tolerate that. So you have to pick the right opportunity that's going to meet not just your personal goals but your income potential as well. You have to like what you're doing, and most of the time that'll 
turn into making more money. So. Oh, definitely. And, you know, uh, the truth is that franchising really isn't for everyone. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, Michael Gerber, you know, one of your guests who is um, one of my heroes, so to speak. Right. I love his book. I recommend his book all the time. Yeah. And as he says, you know, there's a difference between an entrepreneur and what he calls a technician. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, and, and we'll, we'll go into that if you want to move forward in uh Sure, absolutely. Slide. We'll go to the next slide. And uh, that's slide four, Carol says, that's all great, but... Do you have what it takes? And, right. and, and that's really what this presentation will help people do. When I do this presentation live, it takes about two hours. And, you know, there are people at the end of the presentation will run to the front door and can't get out fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> They're scared to death. Or you have those folks that just linger on because they really want to learn more and educate themselves to see if this is the right fit for them. But there's a lot to figure out, you know, before you actually can pull the trigger and make that decision. And as you mentioned just previously, the due diligence is imperative. Mm, you know, you have to do a good job of figuring that out. You know, is it the right connection personally, and are you connecting with a company that you feel is a, a comfortable marriage between the two of you? Absolutely. Right. And so that's what we're going to do is help determine if this is, in fact, the right path to explore. And then we can move on to motivation. Okay. And, you know, if, you know, for me, I think motivation is really, really a major component of this whole process. If you're not motivated to do this, don't do it. If somebody tells you you should do it for a variety of different reasons, but it's not your own passion, right. you probably won't do well at it. And, you know, the, there's two different types of motivation. There's positive motivation and there's negative motivation. So you have to think of it, is it an inspiration? Are you inspired to do this, or are you desperate to do this? There's That's a big difference here. Absolutely. Are you, you know, running from something, or you're running towards something? Right, right. And you know, for me, I work Carol. with a lot of folks that have been downsized, and right. they're in transition in life, and I certainly can relate to it. But they may go to looking at a business because they can't find a job. Or maybe lesser positions are offered to them, less money, less title, or maybe their severance is about to end and they need to make some decision quickly. Bad choice. Right. Not a good reason to buy a business. It's, that's it's like a last reason. resort type of decision. So you can quickly determine part of your services is finding out that motivation level pretty early on. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I won't move forward in our consultation until that candidate can tell me what their reason is. Right. And it's not just because, you know, I want control over my destiny. Who doesn't? <laughs> you know, everybody does. That's true. If they want to make more money. Who wouldn't? Right, absolutely. You know, it has to go layers deeper than that, or as I look at it, you know, having a burning desire. Or I'll add to that a little pain. You know, if you can't relate to the pain, then there's no reward at the end. Absolutely. And going into business for yourself can be painful. You know, with franchising, of course, it's a little bit easier because you have all the support. But it's still you're starting a business from scratch, That's and you have to really want it. Right. Sorry. Right, right. We always talk about that. Uh, um, that there's no guarantee of success, but if you follow the system, work hard. Mm -hmm. Look at the stats we just went over. I mean, the failure rate's so low, and then with getting the right um, match, uh, you know, consultation from someone like yourself, and right. you know, uh, you should be okay. Well, and it's true. And you know, uh, the, the systems that are in place with franchising are the major reasons why people gravitate to franchising. But if you're not the personality to follow a system and you're more of that entrepreneur, as Michael Gerber would say, right. it, it, the best way to describe it is you can't paint the golden arches green. 
Right, right. You know, it just won't work. Absolutely. Either you follow the system and you'll be successful or not. But most importantly, there has to be a motivation. And everyone's motivation is different. You know, uh, the way I help people see things is if you look down the road, say, the next three, five years from today, how do you see your life being different, if at all? Right. You know, what do you want to accomplish? You know, and some, for some people, it might be doing things that they've just missed doing, like having the freedom to play golf or, you know, having the money to buy a, a, a boat and taking their family on it and being with their family and having that quality time that they just don't have in their current world. That's interesting. So you consider that positive motivation because that's the whole big picture of success in business, working hard, and then having all that personal stuff on the side. Oh, yeah. What's the end result look like? You know, what is it that you want to accomplish by being in business for yourself? I mean, what is your burning desire? Where Where is the pain now? I mean, if you look at your current situation today, you know, I'll have people that I'm working with that are making, you know, well over six-figure incomes, and they Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone.